Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours, and you can share your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line and participate in the show by texting 704 570-9610. I'm Walker Mail. Fitty pro- producer Fitty is out there on the ones and twos, and you just heard the voice of one Wes Bryant, who's everywhere these days. Mm-hmm. You saw it on social media over the <laughs> weekend, him documenting his day, going to the Carolina Hurricanes game. Yeah. And he was the celebrity guest of honor over there at the Hurricanes game where he got to sound the siren, but you weren't the only one. You got to bring Got to bring the baby, as you might call it. Yeah, man. Yeah, me and Bryce got to go up there, man. We had a great time. Uh, we went up there on Saturday uh, nice and early so we could get something to eat. We stopped at Old Time Barbecue, which I think is a, a staple up there in Raleigh. I think they said they've been open like 30 years, highly touted place. So we had barbecue there before we went to the game. Uh, and then it was just funny because they came and got me about five minutes to seven, maybe. Well, about 10 minutes to seven. Girl comes and gets us, and the time that I walk into the arena, the good nerves are starting to form. We go up there, and then Bryce's nerves are starting to form. Mm-hmm. And at first, it wasn't the plan for him to come up there. I just told uh, the girl who was over the event, I said, hey, can he um, just come up and just witness it? And then right before we're getting ready to go on, she's like, um, she's like, no, no, no. She's like the girl who was the, the spirit team member that – um, that came and got her. She's like, no, she can film it. He's going to come up there with you. She oh, says. perfect. Yeah, so then his face, he's like, the eyes get big, and he's like, uh, he's like, I didn't know I was going up there because when we first got up there, you're looking out, and it's just a sea of people. <laughs> you're in the middle bowl, so you're elevated, and you look out and see all these people, and my sister's like, whoa. And then you're standing there, and the people to the side, I guess that are the club seat members, I don't know what they are, they're staring at you trying to figure out who you are and stuff like that. And I'm getting hype. I'm almost like a track runner. I'm standing to the side, jumping up and down and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I'm excited. Okay, so let, let's go ahead and do it. Let's pull okay. up to the scene. Let's have the bus driver All pull right. up there. Casey, Steve, he's already gassing you up, saying, great job, Wes. Brought Thank the you, W sir. to the Hurricanes. Was a great game to watch afterwards as well. So you got an awesome outing there watching the Carolina Hurricanes get that victory. Let's get off of the bus talking about just that right now. Fiddy, open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. So you sounded the siren, and we were all watching the video. You yeah. can catch it on Westcott Range, his Twitter handle on uh, the one Twitter.com, as well as WFNZ at WFNZ. I know you were working the station social media that as well. I was, yeah. At, at Weston Walker, did you retweet it on that account? I think we did. Oh, uh, I got you. you guys yeah, yeah. I, say, I, thought Fiddy, I thought Fiddy did that as well, as you can find it on my Twitter handle and Fiddy's. We were all making sure that it circulated on social media. I do need to ask a couple of questions. Okay. One. 
How was your arm holding up as you were sounding that thing? Man, when you first start, <laughs> it's like you have to give it a little bit of mustard to get it going. And then once you get it going, though, man, I just started cranking it. But the funny part was the girl was like, well, the last couple of people uh, that did this, she's like, for one, when I asked them to get the crowd hype, she was like, they, they didn't do that great of a job of that. Then she said when they started sounding the siren, they would wind it like two times and stop. And she's like, no. She's like, when I tell them yeah, to go, she's like, I'm going to come and tell you when to stop. So as I'm doing it, for one, the sound just engulfs you. Like my girl and my son, they thought that they play the noise over the speakers and that that doesn't make any noise. And I said, no, no. I said, it <laughs> just engulfs you when you do it. And so uh, I kept doing it. But then it's a workout. By the time I got to the end of it, I was sitting there and I was like, is she coming? Is she about to come and get me and tell me to stop? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it looked tiring because they let you go for a while, too. Yes. Like, you were spinning that thing for quite a while, officially warning everybody that the storm was coming. And the thing for me yes. is that I wonder, because we had talked so much about your strategy as far as the introduction goes, mm -hmm. we didn't see some of the stuff that we talked about. Uh -huh. I want to know if you were limited on that. I want to know what was going through your mind as we had the introduction because it was still great. You were trying to get the crowd hyped. Yeah. It was still awesome. Yeah. It just wasn't necessarily what you had talked about possibly doing on that Friday heading into Saturday. Well, I actually did. And, and, and shout out to Samantha Heinsen, I think her name was. That's the one that helped me with this and helped me put it all together. But the movements that I said I was going to do, I was able to do that. One of the things that started the day off a little bit sour was the fact that my mom's jerseys and I did not come. Yeah, personalized hurricane. Yes, uh, hurricane we, had the, right. we had the custom joints, and they did not come. For whatever reason, she sent them separate. My girl and Bryce had their jerseys, but we did not have ours, so mm -hmm. that kind of sucked a little bit. So I wore my Hurricanes hoodie, uh, but then once we did it, I did all the movements I thought, man, but I had to work the crowd because I guess maybe because they didn't know who I was or whatever the case may be, but they weren't loud enough for my liking. So I, I like just had to keep imploring them to get going, and I was able to do that. You could hear in the background, they were saying Wes and Walker, ACC That's right. Digital Network, That's right. WFNC, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I made sure. I, yeah, I made sure to get all that. We were on WRAL's turf. We were still <laughs> representing. You know what I'm saying? We were on their turf, and we got that done. And any excuse my son gets to yell and scream, so he just mimicked what I was doing. And then after I got done sounding the siren, I let it go, and you can see I gave a resounding let's go to really get the crowd even more excited, man. But it, it was really, really cool. All right, so And I was out of breath. Yeah, I was about to say I would have been <laughs> as well. So not only might you have been excited to see Wes sound the storm warning uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes game on Saturday, you might have been excited to see what is a crazy Final Four. Now, Wes might not be, so we'll get to that a little bit later on, maybe in the <laughs> campus corner. But it's a pretty wild Final Four that you have um, this year within the NCAA tournament. And so San Diego State, they make it. Miami is able to make it to the Final Four as well. You have UConn, the only one that was picked by a lot of people in watching the Huskies make it all the way to the tournament. Um, or maybe not surprised, but the one where a lot of people were able to hit on that four seed in the Huskies making it. Who's the other team that I'm leaving off here with the Final Four? So it's the Huskies, it's, it's UConn, San Diego State. San Diego State. Miami it's, and FAU. Thank you. FAU 
was able to make it as well in that game against Kansas State, which was an awesome finish. So you not so excited? Like maybe we leave the the emphasis on it, but at least we get to see an ACC team make to the final. No four. doubt about it. The ACC yet again proves that we are the supreme basketball conference. The Big 12, not there. SEC, not there. Pac-12, not there. But yeah, you know me, man. I like a Final Four like last season when you have the big name brands in it and the big schools out. We'll see going forward if this is going to be the new trend in college basketball, but no top three seeds made it the first time in 40 Four years, none of the top 18 in the preseason AP rankings are going to be at the Final Four. So, I mean, this was just, uh, you know, Cinderella's galore. You have multiple teams that are there for the first time. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, Fiddy, as a college basketball diehard, do you like the way that the Final Four is constructed, or would you rather see at least one or two, quote-unquote, blue bloods? And maybe UConn serves as that enough, dis- despite that maybe being polarizing. You know, as as a, as a guy that loves the sport, no sport needs his blue bloods more than college basketball does for reasons like what Wes just said. But me, I love this, because I look at the two Cinderella's, if you want to call them that, more to FAU, This is the first time in my lifetime that I've seen a Cinderella. George Mason, Butler, Wichita State, Loyola, Chicago. Florida Atlantic can win this thing. They can legitimately win the national championship. And I think that's what makes this all all the more exciting. And no other sport offers a small conference school like FAU a chance to win the national title. That's why they call it March Madness. Well, and then you have UConn, too, which has been dominant all the way through the NCAA tournament. And they're a team that maybe if they get to the finals and then you see FAU as a nine seed get there as well, you kind of have... It's not necessarily a gap like you saw between Butler and Duke, even if Butler was very celebrated. They had an NBA player in Gordon Hayward manning that squad, too, the first go-around, at least. But you do have something where it's somewhat similar, right? FAU being a fantastic regular season team, mid-major, Conference USA represent, by the way. They actually get there to the title, and then you're facing a UConn team, which actually played Butler the second go-around, right? It kind of has that feel, and FAU could absolutely win it, just like Butler had their shots in each of the two championship games that they appeared in. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. Stanford P did have an interesting text into the Garage Door Guru text line. He said, Miami is about as ACC as Oklahoma is to the SEC. G-T-F-O-H. You can make sure what that's that means. But and what it's not bad, though, because I, I mean, w- Oklahoma's not even in the SEC yet. Miami's been a conference member for almost 20 years. They have been a member of the ACC for quite some time. I will say that. Look, 20 years, we can go ahead and call them a legitimate ACC member, especially with them not necessarily being added to the conference a couple of years back. But yes, it is interesting, right? Like, I'm sure a lot of people would say Miami's not a real ACC team, but, but now they're the only representative. And so now, yes, we are going to be championing them as a representative of the conference. Plus, location-wise, they're fit. When they were in the Big East, they were not a fit as far as the locale of all the schools. Mm-hmm. So, to me, Miami, uh, they may be new to the league, but like I said, I mean, that's his opinion because last time I checked, when they play games, they have an ACC uh, patch they on do. their chest. They, they are do. ACC. That's that's true. They are literally they the ACC. They count in the record books as the ACC getting to the Final Four. All right, we'll talk more about that in the campus corner. Some Duke news coming out today. Tyrese Proctor is going back to the Blue Devils. We have some North Carolina conversation to get to later on in the show, especially with the comments 
coming from Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter the way they did. But coming up next, I want to condense what happened with the Carolina Panthers this weekend. They attended Will Levis's Pro Day. They also signed DJ Chark. What does that mean for the organization? And what does it mean for this awesome offseason that they've had so far? It's Wesson Walker off and rolling. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Wesson Walker starting off the week on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us. Feel free to text the Garage Door Guru text line. The number to do so is 704-570-9610. Let's get to a couple of texts real quickly. Just rapid fire across the room. 316 number said UConn is going for their fifth title. They're undoubtedly a blue blood. Do you agree? UConn a blue blood in your opinion? Wes Bryant? Um... I would say, man, they've been kind of down for a little bit now. But they're I, they're not down for long if they are, at least here in the last 10 years. I'll or call so. them a new blood. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's new, what I'll call Okay, new blood, but not blue blood. What yeah. about you, Fiddy? Is UConn a blue blood? No, your blue bloods are Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Indiana, and UCLA. So that's the question about Indiana that I've always had a conversation about because I agree with all the other ones. It's not a question. But, okay, you can say that. So basically nothing changes, right? Like if you have success at a premium spot for so many years, but then you don't have success for so long, then it just doesn't matter because you're a made man. That's, that's the, that's the area you talk about IU because my grandpa went there, right? Like my grandpa would want to strangle me right now for saying that they're not a blue blood. I'll do it for them. At the same time, they haven't had any success since when was their last championship? When was their last Final Four appearance? The Final Four appearance was against Maryland, and then they eventually lost in the championship game. So that's the only thing about IU. Like, what are the rules to become a blue blood then? I mean, look at look at their – like, for me, me and Flounder actually had this conversation over the weekend. Like, for me, you got to have 50, 60 years of, of storied oh. tradition <laughs> winning on the court. Saying that to me or your computer over there? No, I'm saying 50 or 60 years. Well, I, I mean, that's, like, I, I could see that, though. Okay, but with Indiana, it's been 20 since they made the Final Four. It's it, a it long do, time. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, okay. dude, Notre Dame hasn't won a, a title in, since 1988 in football, but they're a blue blood. They're a pillar of the sport. Oh, but they at least got to the championship game within the last decade or two. They've always... And lost by three touchdowns. Uh, but, but that's fair, but Indiana ha- doesn't have that in the last 20 years, right? You can even say the, the big loss matters towards Notre Dame, but at least they got there in a way that IU has not in 20 years yeah i mean I, I, when's the last time they they won a championship was it 
80s? It's just going to take a lot for me to ever, with as important basketball is in that state. I, oh, and you're is. the one guy that can speak to it about yes. you're from both. You flew on planes back and forth as an eight-year-old to both. That's correct. Yeah, that, you know, that did shock you when yeah. I told you I flew well, even at five. Because you flew by yourself. That's what really had me kind of concerned about your parents. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> like when you see how much the basketball means in that state, that's a blue blood. Like, dude, like Mike Woodson has gone to a second round of the tournament, and he's, I'm not going to say he's revered, but... Man, they love old Mike Woodson up there in his uh, isolation but offense. Isn't that isn't that a point against them being a blue blood? They're right, blue like blood. the fact that they're celebrating a second round appearance. You would you hate that? You talk about the standard of North Carolina. We don't celebrate second round appearances. Well, if they're in the same blue blood category, that's Indiana's the only one. But I agree. But since like, two thousand, UConn's been to the tournament fourteen times. So, or, yeah, or and even and even winning multiple chance like UConn. If you're not there, yeah. I, it, okay. So we need. We need what twenty more years of I mean, UConn I call, doing like this. Like I say, you a new blood. Well, so I mean, I, new blood. I mean, I'd fit UConn where I have Villanova. Are they a blue blood? My opinion, no. Is it a top ten job in the country? Absolutely. Both things can be true at the same time. Now, some people do consider Villanova blue blood. I don't because because after eighty five, what they do? Kind of a whole lot of nothing before eighty five. What they do? Kind of a whole lot of nothing. Well, and to be fair, Jay Wright. Well, Jay Wright would get to the Final Four, but that was always his thing. He couldn't win big well, he until he finally he did. Sixteen, and then he lost to Carolina in '09. Never got back till right. sixteen. But then that's he won a, two in three years. But right, but that was a seven-year hiatus, which is not that long. Seven years is not that long of a hiatus from the Final Four. I mean, and then, Carolina, that's a drought. Right, right. But Indiana's in this category, is yeah. what I'm saying. They're that's, still blue blood. Though. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, that's fine. I don't know the rules, but that's fine. Gonzaga is another one that I always am interested in because no, 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 they choke. They in a choke blood. That's what they're in. Yeah, but but they get to the championship. Maybe if you win one, are they going to be a part of it? No. Okay, fair. They don't have enough. That's fine. Um, the other one I wanted to get to just real quickly. Brian asked as we try to transition to the Panthers. Yo, any chance that the rumor slash speculation that the Panthers are going to get new uniforms will be true? And if it is true, what what would you like to see changed? Wes, I know you were wanting to talk about this. We did see that report about the Panthers and the Cardinals having their jerseys listed as, you know, being able to be purchased for a discount. Yeah. Do you think there's a little something here that we could see it, a new design? It could be, and I hope so. I do think the Panthers have dope uniforms, but I think that they could definitely stand uh, for a new uniform because they've had the same one since their inception. They tweaked the Panther logo just a little bit, but I think the Panthers could stand to have some new uniforms. It's about time. I mean, nobody considers their uniforms one of the iconic ones, uh, you know, like San Francisco or Dallas or any of those to where they never change or like the Steelers. So I think that when you're one of the newer franchises, you should switch up uniforms. I'd say probably at least every 10 to 15 years get new unis. Well, this is, it, it makes sense to me because it does feel like the Panthers have turned a new leaf professionally. Yeah. We had the whole disaster with Matt Rule. And even if you go to David Tepper's tenure, right? Ron Rivera had that locker room just fine. When people talked about a culture change with Ron Rivera still being here. That's something that never sat all that well with me because you didn't need a culture change. Ron Rivera didn't have the defense humming and he's a defensive guy. And I understood why David Tepper decided to move on. Okay. He actually gave him another chance, right? The following season and the Panthers weren't performing up to par. And so they moved on from Ron Rivera. I would have understood if they kept him, but they moved on. All that is fine. But one thing that never sat well with me is the fact that they talked about needing a culture change, man, the locker room backed him up. The locker room came, you know, leaps and bounds and said, look, 
Ron Rivera is a guy that we all are willing to fight for. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it, it's like Ron Rivera just lost everything within the locker room with that kind of conversation. That never happened. At the same time, they still weren't winning games, right? David Tepper hasn't made the playoffs since he's been the owner. Yeah. So with that being true, now that everybody is celebrating what is a fantastic offseason, some might call it the best of all time, with <laughs> that being here, yeah. it would make sense to have this new design. Like, that would be interesting to see some kind of new design, you know, new number, right? New year, new me, mm -hmm. new offseason, new me is what yeah. David Tepper is preaching. It would make a lot of sense for them to do so. And the only thing I can remember them changing a lot, people can correct me if I'm wrong, they changed the Panther logo mm -hmm. where you had the squiggly eyes and then they made it a little They're bit more, more modern. Yeah. yeah, they did. And that's really the only time I can remember them making even quote unquote, a significant change. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of design. Yeah. I mean, I would, table. I would grade their uniforms at this point. I think that they are B plus to an A. They're uh, good. I love the color they are now. Yeah. But I think that, like I said, a new design would be pretty cool. I mean, Jacksonville, and the Panthers came in together. Jacksonville's had a couple of different uniform designs, if I'm not mistaken, since uh, they've been a franchise and the Panthers haven't done it once. And I think, you know, Jerry Richardson, old school, that old thinking and stuff like that. I think that that's probably why we didn't see that. Mm -hmm. But I could see a guy like Tepper saying, hey, let, let's get some new units. You're, you're being talked about as much as you ever have right now. The jersey sales would be through the roof. So I think that it's uh, about that time. Mm -hmm. 704-570-9610 will be interesting to see. Yeah, just answering a question there about possibly the uniforms changing just to kind of keep up with the new identity that the Panthers seem to be adopting this offseason. Speaking of which, they're going to have a new quarterback. We know that, at least a new starting QB. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, they had their pro days last week. But so did Will Levis, who seems to be... Left on the wayside as we kind of talk about the two QBs most likely to be drafted number one overall. Will Levis still did meet with the Carolina Panthers and the Las Vegas Raiders, by the way. Because the Panthers, large contingency, going on this pro day tour. They are going everywhere. And it's not just the decision makers personnel-wise. It is the owner. It is Nicole Tepper alongside David Tepper. It's the QB coach. It's everybody touring these pro days. Here's Will Levis discussing both of his meetings with Carolina and Las Vegas. It was good. Yeah. Felt really good. Definitely could see myself uh, being a franchise quarterback for each of those teams. So, I mean, great to continue those relationships, and they're only going to get stronger throughout the next few weeks. Mm. Very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> Sees himself being the starting QB. <laughs> Seems more likely that he'll land with the Raiders. I did want to play one other Will Levis soundbite where he gave his opinion on his performance out there on his pro day. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I think just getting – Every bag, every club in my bag put on display, you know, just yeah. all the different types of throws, whether it's short, long, on the yeah. run, uh, on a line, mm -hmm. with some touch. I think I covered all bases, and I uh, thought I did a pretty good job and had a lot of fun throwing with uh, my receivers. Wes, how do you think he performed out there during a day everybody had uh, their eyes on him? Well, for some of the throws that I saw, it was commiserate with some of the things that I read. I mean, Destin Adams of Horseshoe Huddle uh, said that he looked Pretty good out there. Uh, they said he did have his down moments due to a few inaccurate balls where he left it short behind his receivers uh, as well as multiple drops from his receivers on the day. But he said the most important thing was that he showed uh, the arm strength and then Todd McShay. Uh, he said that he looked more fluid. Things appeared a little bit more tied together because he's been working with Carson Palmer's brother. Uh, they talked about the intermediate throws. He saw more touch. He said he wasn't trying to throw everything as hard as he could uh, to 
show off his arm strength, but he also said just the main thing with him is just the mechanics. And he said that's the main reason that he's working with uh, Jordan Palmer and said that, you know, McShay said he doesn't know that he's ready to start in year one because he said he's still working on the processing speed, throwing with consistent accuracy. And he talked about when defenses figure out how to confine him in the pocket and close on him, he has a tendency to drop his eyes, get stuck on one receiver and miss throws. And he also said that his workout was kind of just like his tape. He said it was throws that would wow you, but then there were throws where you were like, eh, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, when I was watching the workout, you know, I did see throws that were off target to me as well. Well, and I saw Will Ellis Williams talk about this on the Charlotte Observer. He kind of put out there a screenshot of what he had on his notepad, some of the observations that he made during Will Levis's pro day. And a lot of what he had to say was the one speed throw, just a whole bunch of fastballs. And some of them looked really impressive. I mean, there was one throw in particular I'm thinking of that went to the sideline and it was on a rope. And it was right on point. But then there were some other throws where maybe the receiver slows down on a crossing route. It's Mm -hmm. not being placed in the right spot to maybe maximize yards after the catch, where that's where you see C.J. Stroud come in and be really effective. And it's also where you see Bryce Young come in and be really effective, just being really accurate. I also go back to Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. And this was a a few weeks ago. This might have even been a month ago where he was evaluating Will Levis's tape and the knock on Will Levis was kind of like, he doesn't process well, he's making some boneheaded decisions. And then he went through all of his interceptions and Mike Render was saying he felt like he was making some of the right decisions, but that the throw wasn't very good. And so whether you have a problem with Will Levis or not, that might make some sense. But in reality, he was saying it's not necessarily the processing. He had more of a problem of the accuracy with Will Levis. And so processing accuracy, a strong point of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, the processing, I think, I think people like from him, but it's more so the accuracy that is being celebrated about CJ Stroud above all else, which is why Wes, it's these two guys, right? I, I just, I can't see. Well, we still have one more though. I know. And I mean, I know, I know what we've heard, but Will Levis's pro day definitely did not have the buzz the other two did, nor Anthony Richardson. We get a little bit of a calm before the storm because Anthony Richardson goes on March 30th, so it's a little slow right now, but I think that is going to ramp up as his pro day comes and the things that he's going to do, so he will have the final say as far as how this thing looks, but I definitely think Will Levis is on the outside looking in. If I was to prognosticate what I think uh, Richardson's pro day is going to look like, I would say Levis will end up having the fourth best pro day out of these guys. So, but if but if we're all having problems with accuracy, then Anthony Richardson really has to bring it as far as the accuracy goes during his Florida pro day, right? Yeah. Because the athleticism, it's already beyond a bit on display. You can't perform any better than what you did at the combine. We're talking about a historic performance at the combine yeah. regarding the quarterback position. So now you're really almost exposed Because the only way that you can perform real well here is by being accurate with the football. The pro day is kind of designed to put the accurate thrower on display more so than maybe a Bryce Young, where Todd McShay talked about Bryce Young's pro day was very good, Mm -hmm. but he's not showcasing his processing because he's not making calls at the line of scrimmage. He's not operating in chaos. Nobody is pursuing him. And that matters on tape, but maybe not a pro day. So why do you think Anthony Richardson is going to put on a show? Well, the thing about Anthony Richardson that he has on his side is he's been tabbed with the word upside. So for him, even if he doesn't come out and perform great accuracy-wise – 
he's already been tabbed with the ups, upside limitless potential tab. So scouts will be willing to overlook that. They're going to be scouts say, I don't care, you know, what he looks like out here today. I can coach him up. And that's going to be the main thing that he has going for him, whereas these other quarterbacks, their game is predicated upon uh, that facet of their game. So if that's not there on a pro day, the scouts are going to be like, mm, you know, what's up with that? Whereas Richardson, I think the scouts are almost expecting a performance that's going to be up and down as far as throwing the ball. But the potential is so crazy with what he can do uh, other than that the I can coach him up card is going to give him a pass on pro day, regardless of how he looks. I feel like when we had that promo running for quite some time, it might still be, but it's when Max scares the entire studio when he talks about the boom with Anthony Richardson, (laughs) if he gets drafted and hits and if Will Levis gets drafted and he hits, it's just a boom. It's just a smaller one, yeah. right? That's what Max promo was, and that's how it feels, too, with this pro day being on full display. Like, I wonder if that's what we're going to take away even more so after the combine, yeah. and then we'll see what Richardson does, you know, on his own turn. And last thing I'll say is if he comes out, though, and is really accurate, then they're going to have some conversations at the top. I-, I guarantee over there at the bank, there's going to be some real conversations. If he comes out and really is just – accurate and just really shows a lot of progress being made in that department, then there are going to be conversations and Thomas Davis might be right. But, and last thing I'll say before we move to our first Fitty Flash, you got to operate under under the storyline that the Panthers have already traded up to get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So if they trade up to get the number one pick, you can't be undecided among three different prospects, right? A lot of us feel a little uneasy if you're undecided despite giving up all you did if you're undecided between two quarterback prospects mm-hmm. with Stroud and Young already being up there. So if Richardson enters the conversation, then you trade it up where you might select three different guys. I just can't see it. I, I feel like they already have it dwindled down very much so between two, really one. Maybe they're giving benefit of the doubt for a possibility of Young surpassing Stroud, maybe vice versa, if that's what you believe in. I just can't see the other two guys legitimately entering the conversation as we move on. But you're saying I'm not giving enough love it's to people, AR. It's the human element. It's going to be people that it's just like, you know, if you go on a dating show and you have three different great women, human element, you're going to find something with each other. There's going to be somebody in your family or if you whole five or six of your friends, everybody's going to have a different choice for you. That's just how it is. Yeah, but the head decision maker, eventually, if you saw one or two that you really like, you might not just be. But the owner might like one. The owner might like one. Reich might like another. And and Fitterer might like another. So so you think maybe they just traded up just to have control and figure it out? Yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. That's I feel like that's changed, though. I don't think they know. Okay. Yeah, not we'll yet. We'll see exactly how it all goes down come the selection process. We'll also see what this first Fitty Flash of the day entails. What you got for us, Fitty? More quarterback talk for you guys, but not about anyone here in Carolina. About that dual threat QB from Baltimore. He released on his social media that he did formally request a trade back on March uh, the 2nd. It's now March 27th, and a trade has not been processed. What do you guys make of him admitting to asking being traded, and where do you think he ultimately ends up? We know it's not going to be here in Carolina. I have no clue where he ends up, but I do think that Baltimore will – 
think they'll end up trading him. I just don't know how much leverage Lamar Jackson has right now because nobody else gave him an offer. And plus, you do have a lot more restrictions because he's not represented by an agent. And so I don't know how open some of these negotiations could have come with some of these other teams, which makes this a little bit harder to gauge even more so. I don't know what team is going to go after him, but the situation has been quite long-lasting here, Wes. Uh, I'm going Atlanta or Miami. Come on, Falcon. Get it done. Okay. <laughs> Falcons have already said they're not going to get in, but that's we'll see what if they that said. That's what they. That's what they said. That's what they said. We'll see if they practice what they preach. Because today was the day he officially requested a trade, though, right? Well, I mean, he just put it out there. He said he requested one March 2nd with Baltimore, but at least now it's public knowledge. Let's go to the campus corner coming up next. One individual Blue Devil is going to be coming back. How big is that return for Duke? Plus, is there somebody else that could be returning to the program next season? It's all on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Check us out. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Let us know your thoughts on whatever's on your mind. Uh, within reason, we may read it, we may not. Also, hit up those socials. Wesson Walker on Twitter. WFNZ's Twitter and WFNZ's Instagram. You can catch me Saturday at the Canes game, sounding the siren and all the good stuff that was there and uh, lots of other good things. But for now, we're going to go to the campus corner. All right, let's get it cracking. Duke already loading up for next season. Tyrese Proctor comes back, projected first-round pick. How big was this? And it's Flip, a.k.a. Kyle Filipowski, soon to follow him. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, I did not think he was going to come back until more of the rumblings started to come out within the last week or two. So there is a very real shot that he returns alongside Tyrese Proctor. I think Proctor coming back is huge. This is maybe even a bigger impact than Jeremy Roach, who came back this season, and we gave that a lot of credit, right? The way that Tyrese Proctor is coming back this season after he defended the level he did last year. But also, if you look at what he did in the conference tournament as well as the NCAA tournament, that guy shot 43% from three-point range on over four attempts from beyond the arc per game. 
what he did averaging 11 points I think that guy just as a complete player him coming back to Duke is huge for them and if Kyle Filipowski comes back clearly as bitty as I had him as the ACC best player right like we had that conversation at the beginning of the conference tournament so if he comes back yeah Duke is set up nicely yeah the way Proctor was progressing towards the end of the season uh he ended the year I believe his last five or six games with a five to one assist to turnover ratio so he was really beginning to master that offense and getting guys the basketball I think is tremendous and I do think Kyle Filipowski is going to be uh, the next one in line to say I am coming back to try to get uh, what was taken from them when they lost to Tennessee now I wrote in the rundown that this is the worst final four field of my lifetime and I'm not happy about this okay Let's cue it up, Fiddy. Let's uh, let's go there. Let's go. Let's okay. So, oh, so you're you're real angry about yes, that? Yes, yes. Let's go uh, to the foul line. All right. So the, oh, here we go. They'll look at this to see whether this is a Listen, flagrant. Man, that, that was scary. I don't even I don't even know if I want to see that again. You got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? Listen, man, you're telling me that this weekend I got to sit down and watch guys that are going to be selling insurance for State Farm and playing for Vitautis Papalas in the next three years over in Turkey or Spain or somewhere like that. This is what I have to watch this weekend, okay? None of these teams, three of these teams have never been to the Final Four. Only UConn has been there. I don't get NBA stars. I don't get can't-miss prospects. I got to sit and watch this nonsense. Come on, man. None of the top 18 in the preseason AP rankings are going to be there. I don't get any one, two, or three seeds. Like I said, I got to sit and watch this. And this is what college basketball purists love, especially in the NIL era. We don't have these big money teams and all that stuff. Even though they did say Miami spent over two mil. We know Nigel Pack got the bag. We know Orchad Nomir got the bag. And we know Isaiah Wong got the bag to come back. But listen, man, this is not the college basketball that I want to see. Final four, I want big dogs. I want the best teams playing. I'll take one Cinderella, but you gave me three. This final four is a nightmare, okay? Last year, we had Carolina. We had Duke. We have big brands, big names, the Coach K storyline. It didn't get any better. But now I got to sit here and watch this mundane final four. I'm happy that the ACC has a representative in the Miami Hurricanes but other than that, that's about as happy as I am about this Miami, uh, the the other game. I don't even know that I watched two seconds. I'm capping, okay, but okay. I don't even know that I even want to watch it. <laughs> it's like, what? That was a whirlwind. I, I'm not going to watch it. No, I'm playing. I'm gonna yeah, watch. I'm probably going to watch it, but I won't be happy about it. I hope we get a good game. We at least got a good game between Kansas State and what we got between them and FAU. And so you knew pretty much as soon as the Sweet 16 was set here, Wes, that there was a high probability you were not going to get the Final Four collection that you wanted at the very beginning of this thing. <laughs> I thought I would get somebody. I thought I would get some type of one seed or two seed, maybe Houston, the Texas schools. I guess they don't make things bigger in Texas because your basketball isn't big because both your teams got ousted by the Canes, okay? So, uh, yeah, man, I'm not thrilled about this. This is not the Final Four that Wes Bryant would like to see and I hope this is not the direction that college basketball is going because if so, those ratings are going to be awful. Jeff Borzello tweeted out 
that this is a sign of the times. This is the first Final Four without a single former McDonald's All-American since the NCAA tournament began seeding teams in 1979. If you'll remember, that was actually the Magic Johnson-Larry Bird championship game. And then, I believe that's right. Anyways, then if you go to Roger Sherman, who quote tweeted that, he said it's also the first Final Four where nobody is projected to be a top 10 pick since 1990. It's the first one that we're going to see maybe not even drafted to the top 20 in God knows how long because there's not anybody out of Miami that you're projecting to go in the top 10 or maybe top 20. Same thing from any of the other schools that have made it. I, I would like, if you were to ask me to construct my per, my perfect Final Four, I'd probably get another Blue Blood in there. If you even count UConn as one, which clearly the text line does not, but at least they're good enough to hold its own. It's not like this is unexpected. A lot of people had UConn, myself included, had UConn going to the Final Four. So it's not like they their, their trip to the Final Four is unexpected by any means. I'd like to get one other one in there, but I'm still not that angry because I love watching this Miami team. Right, like if you have context surrounding some of these franchises or some of these programs, FAU is a fun watch. Miami, especially with all of the skill that they have on that roster, Mm -hmm. they're still fun. The problem is you are guaranteed either San Diego State or FAU to get to the championship game, which it'll be fun. But at the same time, I kind of understand you wanting another big time program there, possibly getting to the championship. Listen, it's been 53 years since the Final Four had three first timers, and I hope. Hope it'll be 53 more because I'm not interested in watching guys that will be playing for Saclintus Zamautis of Spain or Turkey or Norway uh, next year. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, there we go, man. But when we return on the Weston Walker (laughs) show, the Charlotte Hornets sweep the Dallas Mavericks over the weekend. Players that I know and watch that I know are good NBA players. How much do these games mean? We're going to talk about it next. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.